want to feel after his great presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God and thank God. Wonderful God. All right. You have a Bible. We're going to look at, at the book of Psalms this morning. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I want to turn to Psalm 60. Psalm 60 this morning, I'll go ahead and begin with verse 1. O God, thou hast cast us off, thou hast scattered us, thou hast been displeased. O turn thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble, thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof, for it's shaken. Thou hast showed thy people hard things, thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Verse 4 is where I would like to center our attention this morning. Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. Just simply want to minister this morning on the banner of truth and love. The banner of truth and love. A banner is a flag. That's just a basic, pretty much, definition of it. And uh, I am glad that the most that we understand that the most wonderful and outstanding characteristic of the body of Christ is the truth that he has given to us. It is certainly nothing of us. It is of God. Your Bible declares all power is of God. That's it. And so it belongeth to him. He is power. He is God. And consequently, he is a powerful God. He's the almighty, the all-powerful. Nothing is too hard for him. So don't be afraid to bring your prayer, your request, no matter. The more impossible it seems to you, the more doable it is with him. All right? It's a matter of us humbling ourselves before him and acknowledging that he is God. You are God. Your name is Jesus. And you can do all things. Marvelous that you can talk to him, you can communicate with him, you can bring your requests and make them known unto him. I would rather be able to bring my requests to God than to anyone else. Anyone else. I'm not saying that God hasn't ever helped me in in situations where I had to go to a certain place and talk to somebody. I'm not saying that at all. But I do believe that when we talk to God about things and something comes up like that, he goes with us. And he has a way of 
of running ahead of us, the forerunner. And, and that is in your Bible, that word forerunner. He is the forerunner, just like he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the ending, the first and the last. He's the forerunner. And I'm glad he goes before me. I'm real glad he clears the way. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Amen. He can get all the blockage out of the way. He can take care of all of the blockage. Even to the point that David said, I'll, I'll, uh, by my God, I'll go over that wall, leap over that wall, and I'll run through the troop. Amen. So when, that, when there's a, a blocking troop, God can take us through it. He's a marvelous God. He's a wonderful God. We want to continue to give him praise. Come on. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you, Holy Savior. This church, this only church that Jesus birthed in the earth and that he sent forth and said, go into all the world. I want you to preach this and teach this things that I've commanded you and given to you, I want you to take it to everybody. I think somebody said, no exceptions. Everybody, everywhere. We want to reach everybody. I don't care what island it is, or what country, or what continent, or what skin color, or what dialect or language. None of those things make any difference. Everybody has the common denominator, and that is everybody has a soul. And we've got to be about our Father's business We've got to win those souls. Jesus made it clear, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. So we put that adjective, lost souls, with it. And, but everybody's born in sin, aren't they? Yeah, everybody's lost. And uh, everybody uh, needs what God has, meaning through his church, what he has in store for everybody. God has only good things planned. And you've got to make up your mind that you're going to be a recipient of good things, okay? And believe for the best. Believe for the best. The, uh, it's like the psalmist, you know, he's giving some history and he's talking about how God had, had uh, cast them off and scattered them. And, and Israel's history did, does record that. That did take place. Matter of fact, they had quite a few scatterings and gatherings. Uh, until we came to the, probably the all-important one that took place in 1948, and they had been scattered for the previous years. They had been scattered throughout all the earth, and God would bless them, and he'd, they'd be in a country, and their blessing would come on that country, and then the first news you know to repeat history, what took place in Egypt, and that is that there got to be a nervousness, and oh my goodness, these people are are blessed, and these people are strong, and these people are growing, and, and uh, it doesn't matter how much, they didn't even want to, people sometimes don't recognize, unfortunately, the devil wants to blind the mind, and that's what he does, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, he blinds the mind, and uh, in Egypt, he blinded them, not realizing that the prosperity and the many good things that were taking place in Egypt was because of God's people, Israel, that were there. And, uh, but they, maybe they did recognize it for a little bit because old Pharaoh did not want to let them go. But I have a feeling he didn't want to let them go because he was, he was jealous of the most high. He didn't like to hear that somebody was going to worship God. 
when he sat upon his throne and felt like he was God in his little Egyptian world. But um, the point is, is that our God has a people, and where he places them, they bring blessing. And, and that has gone on through history. As I said, when the Jewish were scattered throughout the whole world near about, then they, they were a blessing to countries that they found themselves in. And, uh, but those, those countries would get mad and get angry, and the enemy would stir them up, of course, and they would turn against Israel, the Jewish people. Even today, there is much, much negative, hateful attitude against Jewish people just because they're Jewish. But the, what do we mean by just because they're Jewish? Well, supposedly, that would mean that they believe in one God, and the devil hates that. He hates that. That's why he brought falsehood. And we'll get to that in a minute. But the point is, is that there is but one God. And, and uh, these people were taught from early on, salvation is of the Jew, the Scripture said. But a Jew is, is one that's inward in the heart. And that's what even they have to learn. Uh, and they have to come to acknowledge. And so when the Lord Jesus Christ came and uh, God in the flesh, and when he came, and when he went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil, and how that, how many times I've read in the Bible that they, they were absolutely, even his friends, the Bible said. I'm glad Jesus had friends in the days of his ministry. And, uh, but just remember, he also had enemies. And God has enemies. Keep that in mind. He does. The enemies of God, the enemies of the Lord. And so you're not the only one if you're feeling like you have an enemy. Just remember, God had enemies. But um, as Jesus went about doing good, and his friends got a hold of him, and they, were, they felt like he was beside himself. <laughs> he was just willy-nilly. And it was because he had affected so many people in such a positive way. He healed people. He casted out devils. He lifted people up and he encouraged people and he taught. He taught the people. And in so doing, the, the multitude thronged him. And there was no rest. There was no respite. There was, there was no moment of leisure. That's in your Bible. And uh, so his friends, they felt like he was beside himself. He was just going to... He was in the process of losing it is how they felt about it. Well, of course he wasn't, and, uh, but they were concerned, and, and I guess we all appreciate the fact that they were concerned about the uh, spiritual and the mental and the physical and the emotional state of the man Christ Jesus. We appreciate that. And I'm certainly concerned about everybody's here. Uh, your, your spiritual state is the priority. Along with that, your physical and your mental state and your emotional state. We want you to be that solid, rounded person. And coming to God, being in the church, being involved in what the church is doing is going to produce that in your life. As Jesus gave birth to his church and sent his church, commissioned his church, and they began to fill Jerusalem with the doctrine, this is the original. This is what we don't ever want to lose. We want to keep a good grip on our knowledge on that, our understanding of that. 
because, you know, I find that people, especially if we're not careful, our young people, they, they can get the feeling, too, also, when somebody says, well, I'm a Christian, and they just float right along with it. And, and you know, just because somebody claims something does not mean that they possess something. We have a lot of people that are professing, but they don't possess. And uh, it's important to realize the truth of the Scriptures so that you can make certain, you can ascertain that somebody has what they're generically claiming they have. You know, just to say I'm a Christian, that's very, very general, very general. And it, it's got to come down to some real chapter and verse here, church family. And people have to get an understanding of that chapter and verse. When the Bible tells you in the book of Romans and talks about the Holy Ghost, the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts, then we begin to know about the love of God. It gets definement to it because the world would like to put a natural definition to that, just like they would like to put a natural definition to everything that is spiritual because you've got natural people trying to understand a spiritual God and His Word, His, his chapter and verse, His mind, His thinking. And that's not ever going to work, not at all. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny, I guess a simple explanation uh, would be, uh, in, by way of explanation, would be like me going into a, uh, a gas station time saver and saying, hop, hop, queso, ho. And they look at me like, and that's when I go, you're not Hindi, are you? You're Bangladesh. And they go, yeah, Bangladesh. Well, you know, so it's the same thing. You can, you can uh, what we call speak in tongues without an interpreter. You can speak in another language, and there's no interpretation, and, or a wrong interpretation is going on, or no understanding whatsoever. And so it is when people are looking at this book, and, and they're not born again. They don't have the experience of the gift of the Holy Ghost, and they are not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the original. That is what Jesus told them. He said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And so they went. Thank God they were obedient. At least about 120 of them were. And they got that experience. And you don't want to underestimate that. You want that to be rock solid in your heart, in your mind, in your thing. And people will say, well, yeah, you, you just think you're the only ones that are saved. Well, I think the only ones that are saved, according to the Bible, are the ones that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, I do believe that. I do think that. I have every reason to believe and think that. And I, I don't intend to, for that to change in my heart or my life. Uh, a handshake's not going to do it. And people saying, well, I believe in Jesus, you know. Well, this, this good word believe needs to be defined, and we have done it many times. People want to think it's just some little passive thing and, and just, just verbalizing something. But that's not it. This is a powerful, this is an action. This is, this is the most wonderful experience that God is offering to all of humanity, and it's, it's not a lame thing. It's not a, uh, some little weak thing. It's not natural, okay? This truly is the love of God, and the love of God is powerful, okay? And he sends forth his powerful love into a believing heart. And when they're filled with the gift, in other words, of God's love, the gift of the Holy Ghost, 
And that's how you get his love, through the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that taking place in a person's life, it delivers from sin. It delivers from Satan. It delivers from darkness. And uh, it, it gives you a joy, the Bible teaches. It gives you a righteousness. And that's what we're supposed to seek out first is his right way of doing things. And that's why we got to get away from that natural. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. we got to get away from that. That's, that's not what we're seeking after here. That's what man is messing up and getting tripped up by the devil. Because they're just, every little new thing that comes up, every little trinket, every little invention, every little game that comes up and they run after it, ooh, you know, and they just run after it and they think it's so cool. Everything that, that Hollywood is promoting and people are being programmed over and over and over again until, uh, you know, it's sublimial. It's in their subconscious. And they, they wind up desiring things and wanting things, and they don't even really know why. Well, if you keep sitting in front of that thing like some kind of, you know, dupe, you know, yeah. and it's just going in and going in and going in, you know, and pretty soon that's the pattern. It's just like water running down a mountain. It makes those rivulets make furrows, and they make, after a while, they make deep canyons because it, it's a continual thing with a force behind it. And that's what Satan is doing. He brings many, many things from different angles and every way he can think of to put grooves in your mind and your thinking and fill them up with natural things, with carnal things, with things that are against God. And you've got to protect your heart. You've got to protect your mind. You've got to protect your children's minds. Okay? You've got to do that because you don't want Somebody, a, a, an individual, a business person, told Senior Feldheim that they sent their, their grown children, they were uh, college-aged children, and sent them uh, to visit with their grandmother, the woman's mother. And uh, the woman, the grandmother, called the mother and said, um, I'm sending them back, you can have them. Said... Uh, and her complaint was really built around their thinking. Their thinking, the things they said, the things they talked about, the things they were excited about and all cranked up about. Because you see, our colleges, our universities have become breeding grounds to where they're, they're putting in things into the children to make them go in a certain direction. And that's why you've got crazy protests going on. It reminds me back when I first came into church. I was, you know, I'm pushing, getting close to 50 years. And those years back when I came in, it was, it was all that Woodstock stuff. And it was all that Kent State College. And, and it was all against uh, the authority is what it was. It was against the authority. And uh, we're just seeing a, re a renewal of that in our time. They brought that back, and they put more emphasis on it. And the classes that they're, they're making the kids take, and the teaching in those classes. And, uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago that I read in the newspaper about a man that was supposed to be a teacher or professor over here on the coast. And um, he, he threw something down on the ground, and he, and he said, let that represent Jesus Christ. Now just walk on it. Think about that. Why would, he, why would somebody do that? 
Why would somebody do that? But the enemy, the enemy gets into information and teaching and, and uh, what people want to try to say is, is education. Well, it is an education, but it's a mighty negative education. It's a mighty nasty education when you're teaching people to, to trot underfoot Jesus Christ. I was glad that um, I read in the paper that it was statement was made, and I am not political, but I, I'm just, it was just a statement that I agreed with and said anybody that burns the American flag in this country should either leave, give up their passport and go, or they should be criminally charged. It would be breaking the law. Um, I, I read in the newspaper about this guy that's a sports figure, and he keeps criticizing us here. He's only, poor thing, he's only making $60 million a year. Hello? Are we awake? Okay. I could build a lot of churches $60 million. Okay. Not really. It, it, it takes a whole lot more than money. It really does. But anyway, we won't go there right now. But... Um, the point being that, that uh, here's a guy making $60 million a year, and he, he doesn't want to stand up and pledge the flag. Of course, the president doesn't do it either, and neither does his wife, so what can I say? Uh, we're living in a crazy world, church family. We're living in a world that is, that is very much anti, very much against. But most importantly, what you've got to realize is that the bottom Rock bottom of that is it's against God. It's against his truth. It's not, it's not so much against this country. Okay? It's not so much that. That just becomes a superficial thing. That's just something to distract. That's, that's people getting their mind on something that uh, is not really the, the truth of the matter. And uh, it's important for you to see the truth of the matter. I was in 10th in grade many years ago, <laughs> and uh, it was a social studies class, and, and there was a young lady in the class, there was probably 30 of us in the class, and there was a young lady, and she had her little barrette, you know, her little red barrette going on, and she sat one or two seats in front of me, and she decided that communism was better, and she was just going off in the class about it, and I had about as much as I could take of that, and I spoke up real loud, and I said, when are you leaving? I said, if it's so great over there, then go. Oh boy, she just shrunk all down, turned all red. She turned redder than her barrette. You know? <laughs> My God. Come on, church family. I'm glad, you know what? I'm glad to be in the church. I'm glad, I'm glad to know what I got. Amen. Amen. It's not built on politics. It's not built on man or woman or boy or girl. Okay? My, my, my God is my rock. And who is a rock like unto our God? And the church is built upon the rock of the revelation of who Jesus is. He's the mighty God in Christ. Amen. And amen and amen and amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. So, you know, the devil wants to, he, the first thing he's going to do is say, you know, you're saying this one's lost or that one's lost, the other one's lost. I'm simply saying, if you want to be saved, the Bible teaches, okay, God's Word is declaring that you must 
Oh, we hate that word. At least our flesh does. You must be born again off water and of the Spirit. The teachings of the Scripture and subject matter, baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's for the full pardon of all of your sins. Okay? And then he said, receive the Holy Ghost. And you receive it according to the biblical example, the precedent that is set, the chief example. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues or languages. As God's Spirit gave the utterance, God's in control. All power belongeth unto God. God is in control. This is His church. This is His body. Amen and amen and amen. Come on now. Amen. It is not designed to exclude people because Jesus said go into all the world and preach it to everybody. This is designed to bring people in. We want people to be saved. We want people to be delivered from sin. But play in religion, you know, just play in religion, that's not going to save anybody. It's like I, I've told often about the, the child that ran up to the, to the ice cream man, told him what he wanted. The ice cream man gave him the ice cream, and the kid threw his hand up there and dropped a bunch of rocks and ran away with the ice cream. And I got to look at rocks. What do I do with rocks? You know, what do I do with pebbles? There are things that people want to use as salvation, unrecognizable to God. God has his plan. This is his plan. Okay, he set it all up. It's all in the book, chapter and verse, subject matter from Genesis to Revelation. 66 books. All right, and, and for somebody to get their mind's heart opened to where they're believing, they're acting on what it's saying. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Well, I want to get that repentant thing going because I don't want to perish. I don't want to be lost. They had a, once again in the newspaper, they had an uh, editorial depiction. And it, this is what it had. I didn't do this, okay, this is what it had. But it had, it had Castro in hell on a raft. And him saying, you mean I have to stay here on this raft for all, whatever, you know, eternity or whatever. And what, marvel, what was a marvel to me was that they recognized and acknowledged where he was at. I was, I was kind of shocked. As liberal as they are, as extreme as they are, uh, I, I, I was pretty shocked. Of course, they've, they've also said that uh, he killed more people than Hitler. Think about that. They said he killed more than Stalin. That's a whole lot of people. A whole lot of people. But the enemy, the enemy is out. We know from the book he comes to kill. He comes to steal. He comes to pluck up what's planted. But you know what? So much of what goes on around us is what the enemy has been able to affect in our world. 
But what really matters and what really counts is the body of Christ. That's who he really wants. That's why Revelation chapter 12, why the dragon, Satan, the old devil, the serpent, why he rose up and tried to destroy the Christ child right away. Because when Mary gave birth to that child, friend, and those wise men came looking for him who was born king. That's why Herod, oh, brother, he started putting on his hypocrisy then. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, when you find him, come tell me, so that I may also worship him. Not what Revelation 12 taught at all that he was there to rise up to destroy him. And that's exactly what Herod did, knowing, knowing how people are. Satan knows how people are, and he has people that he controls, and, he, and they, they work with the same thinking. And that was that, uh, okay, uh, how am I going to get this Christ child? Obviously, the wise men aren't coming back to tell me. And uh, what am I going to do? He said, well, I know what I'll do. It's like I had a little child this morning crying. And I knew what to do. I said, come on, we'll go get a jelly bean. And all the tears dried up and the boo-hooing stopped. And, you know. So when I gave the jelly bean, I said, now, no more crying. And so hopefully... At last I saw going happily to Sunday school. Well, what I'm saying is our motives are right, but Satan's are not. Okay. And Satan, through Herod, he said, well, we'll throw a party. And we'll, we'll invite all the mothers that have children two years and down, male children, and bring them. Oh, yeah. And they'll come. I'll promise them gifts. Promise them a good time. Promise them Gucci, Jimmy Choo. Promise them all kinds of things. And that's where the scripture was fulfilled. In Ramah, there was weeping. Rachel weeping for her children because they were not. Oh, yeah, long before foretold by God through the prophet, what was going to happen. Also, when he said, out of Egypt shall I call my son, because the Spirit of the Lord, through the angel, dispatched, told Joseph and Mary to take the child and go to Egypt. Yeah, because Satan was going to rise up, and he did, and Herod did slaughter all those children. I hope we're not for sale. I hope we're not for sale. I hope we're not so dull and thick-headed, and natural-minded that we're going to give ourselves over, our children over, to everything that comes along. You know, just, just taking our precious children and just putting them in the hands of the enemy. Oh, he can dress up. He can look good. You know, he knows how to do all that. He knows how people think. And they know how to uh, present 
what we call a plausible explanation, a believable explanation. They'll, they'll use something that, that people will get sympathetic about. You know, the enemy uses sympathy, which is a purely human emotion. The church is delivered and should be and stay delivered from sympathy. We don't want nothing to do with sympathy. We're going to obey what the book teaches that Jesus moved towards people with compassion. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference. I want to be compassionate. We're going to pray for the lost because we have compassion on them. We're, we're going to uh, intercede with God for people who are sick, unhappy, downtrodden. But more importantly, church family, it's not a lack of money. It's not even a lack of health. That's really important. What's really important is the final destination. The final destination. Jesus said if, if your right hand offending, he said, well, you cut that off. Right foot, cut it off. He said, it's better for you to go through life maimed than to enter into hell whole. Think about that. Think about that. See, there's going to be feelings in hell. There's going to be agony in hell. There's going to be memory in hell. How many people are going to say, I sat in the church, I went, I heard, and I just didn't believe. I just didn't act on it. Okay, or I, I got, you know, disagreement about whatever, don't even know whatever. Nothing's going to be worth, worth it. Nothing. And wind up in the wrong place. Nothing. I don't care. I don't care if it's a, the, the mo all the money in the world, and you can control it. And there are people that are trying to do that. And that's why we're headed towards a, money a, a, a moneyless, a cashless system. I told a banker just the other day uh, about that cashless thing. And he said, well, he said, yeah, but he said, that's 50 years. That's typical, right? 50 years. You say so. If you think so, that's your privilege. I've, I've read as little as five years, and cash will be no more. You know what? I really don't know exactly when, any more than I know exactly when Jesus is going to come. But I know for sure that cash is going to cease, and I know for sure Jesus is going to come. And I want to be doing what I need to be doing in, with that coming to pass. It's going to happen. It's going to take place. God, help us to look to him, to call on him, to feel after him, to intercede for our children and for everybody around us everywhere, whether they're family or friends or co-workers, people that you don't even know yet, which are friends, you know, that's what friends are. They're just people you've yet to meet. But that you can meet people and you can make friends and you can share this truth with them. You can give them the understanding, you know. And uh, you have a, been provided a beautiful invitation to this church. And all they have to do is look on the other side, and it's right there. They read that, friend. They're reading the plan of salvation. And that is, should be the most important thing in a person's mind. How can I be saved? How can I make it? 
How can I be saved? It was important so much so that in the Scripture, go to Egypt. Out of Egypt have I called my son. I'm going to send this baby and protect him. I'm going to do what we need to do to protect. You and I have to do what we have to do to protect our children. We've got to do what we can do while they're little. I'm not talking about adults. I'm talking about children. Okay? We've got to do what we can do. We've got to exercise our parental authority and also our uh, responsibility as a parent to protect that child. I know you wouldn't let that child just go out in that street and those cars are zipping by. You wouldn't allow that. If you were paying attention, you sure, surely wouldn't allow that. You wouldn't let that take place. Well, how much more so that we won't allow our children to run out into the middle of a sin-crazed world, that we won't allow them to get caught up in everything that, that the enemy is producing, producing, producing. You know, how many murders does a child have to see to where they think that that's the thing to do? You have any idea how many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of murders children see by the time they've gotten to high school age? They've just sat in front of that thing and watched over and over and over and over and over again. You know? It's been proven. It's been absolutely proven. How many kinds of ways of behavior, you know, and they see it over and over and over again. And it enters a very fertile heart, a very fertile mind. And they think that they should be like that. And they start acting that way. And you've got to wake up and realize that you have an opportunity to put something really good in a child's mind, a child's heart from the earliest age. You have an opportunity. Jesus gave birth to a church. You know that. And that church is, is going to prevail. The gates of hell are not going to win. And if I can get in this church, that's not the building. You know that. It's the body of Christ. You get there by John 3, 5, Acts 2, 38. And, and then from Romans to Revelation, if I can stay there, if I can stay on that rock, if I can do the things that we talked about last week that are, make for a successful formula for continuing with the church, continuing with Jesus, continuing with the truth. Everybody said amen. amen. We don't want to go back by God's grace. We don't want to go back to the things that we used to do or the places we used to hang out or the kind of people we used to be around. We don't want to do that. Or we'll wind up doing the things that we used to do. You know, when you get born again, you put in the body of Christ by that born-again experience, that ceases in your life. Him that stole, he doesn't steal anymore. That lied, don't lie anymore. You know, people that did drugs don't do drugs anymore. They've been delivered. They've been changed for the good. Everybody said amen. amen. People that well, gossip, they don't gossip anymore. People that hate, they don't hate anymore. There's been a change. All the changes are for the good. All the changes are for the good. When God takes the bad out, He replaces it with good. He doesn't leave you empty. He doesn't leave you void. He replaces it with good. He gives you His righteousness. 
Thank God for the right way to do a thing and to learn that right way, to learn to shun what's evil. Well, you've got to know what's evil to shun it and to be taught the right things. And those of you that have little children and they're here, you're very blessed. The kind of world that we're living in, this particular generation, very blessed to know the truth and to be able to be ahead of the game and, and, and to make the most of it, to make the most of it with your child, with your home life, with your coming to church life. It's going to make for success, not only here, but more importantly, in the world to come. This church that Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The writer said, Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, them that respect thee, them that look to you, them that, that do not want to do the wrong things because they have a, a genuine respect for you, Lord. Yeah. Given me a banner that it may be displayed. Oh, I want to let my light so shine. <laughs> Isn't that what he said? And the reason, the motivation is so that he will be glorified. My father will be glorified. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Come on now. Oh, yes. And, uh, and it said because of the truth, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Yes, Lord. We have a banner of truth. And listen to what the Song of Solomon says. Chapter 2, in verse 4, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Holy Ghost. Don't give me that smarmy, lovey stuff. That's not what this is teaching. This is teaching power. This is teaching authority. This is teaching snatching people out of the flames of hell. Putting your feet on a solid rock. Oh, yeah. Yes. Banner over me was love. Holy Ghost banner. And there, friend, is your title. Holy Ghost banner. He's given that to us. Given that to his church. And his church is to go into all the world. You know, many, many, many years ago, we had youth camp, and a particular youth camp that I'm thinking of. And I was brand new in the Lord. And I had my dark blue polyester pants on that I got at the Goodwill, only it was called red, white, and blue. And I had my white shirt on. And I had my sneakers on. It was youth camp. And I was there to help the young people, and the preacher, actually, that we had won to the Lord, Gene Feld and I, um, the young preacher, and he was speaking that day, and he asked me, he got me aside, and he said, I'm going to have a whistle. And he said, while I'm preaching, and I say the word banner, he said, I want you to come running through the, the congregation, the church house of the young people. And the church house at that time was a pavilion 
It had a roof over it. It was all open on the sides. had a platform at one end. And it had sawdust for a floor. And uh, so I, every time he said banner, I'd come whew, right through there, and I'd run all around the kids, and I'd jump from pew to pew, and I'd do whatever. It wasn't anything scripted, I can tell you that. And uh, he was blowing that whistle and talking about the word banner, and, and uh, the banner was a flag, though. The banner is a flag. And I'm telling you this morning, we have a Holy Ghost banner. A banner of love. We do love everybody. We do want everybody to be saved. But we're not going to let the devil use people to create havoc. You hear me? We're not going to let the enemy, and he will use people, to turn everything topsy-turvy, to destroy. Wasn't it, uh, I wrote down today, I had, I'd been here early, and I uh, was getting later, and I was going to go back and pick up Scene Sitzfeld. But I realized I was pretty low on fuel, so I went down here and had them put some fuel in for me. And so I just went straight up to MLK and turned left and kind of a little shortcut from where I was at. And uh, store on the right, I remembered when I saw it that that was where that store owner was shot and killed. And uh, how that the people all around that area you know, they put ribbons and bows and different things on the store building and, and uh, doors because they loved the man that was there and he had been good to them and uh, he had been killed. So I'm thinking, though, that the story that they gave, the account, rather, that they gave in the newspaper was that the young man that killed this store owner that it was some friend that talked him into going in there and, and stealing, holding him up and getting some money. And I'm thinking, how much money do you have at 7 o'clock in the morning? You know, I mean, but I guess if you're stupid enough to get a gun and go, go want to rob somebody, you're not going to be smart enough to think about that. At, there's no money around at 7 in the morning. But be that as it may, my point is, People that want to claim to be friends, you know, can talk you into some mighty, devastating, destructive things for your life. Now, the guy that did the talking and got him to do it, nothing happened to him. He's not in jail, you know. Nothing happened to him. Just this young, impressionable kid. They said when they went to arrest him, you know where they found him? hiding in the trunk of his parents' car. Just a kid. Just a kid. You know? Oh, yeah. People can misdirect, especially our young people. They want to misdirect our young people. They want to get our young people involved with all kinds of things. They said this football player that's running his mouth and wearing Castro T-shirts and all this garbage, they, they did a little research, and they found out that his girlfriend goes to one of these colleges, one of these universities, California. Well, there you go. When you said California, that pretty much tells it all right there. Anything liberal, anything extreme, they claim, is going to come from there. Well, whether that's true or not, 
doesn't matter to me. The bottom line is we're watching people go very extreme. We're watching the banner over them as hate. Hate. They're very much against anything that makes sense, you know, and uh, upheaval and trying to cause people to hate one another and fight one another. But you know what? We're in the church. We've been pulled out of all of that. We're no longer a part of that system. Okay? Everybody said amen? amen. We're in the church. We're in the body of Christ. I'm not going to get caught up in the politics of this world. I don't care what university you go to and what kind of thing you're listening to. And no sense talking to me about that because I, I have no use for any of that. I'm living for the world to come. I'm on the straight and the narrow. Amen. Amen. Have the best life anybody could ever have because I have his Holy Ghost banner. That's what's, that's what's over my house. That's what's over my life. Holy Ghost banner. And I hope and pray that God will grant that wherever I go, that that, that light will be viewed by people. And that, and that they, you know, I come here sometimes very, very early in the morning. It's very, very dark. But coming right from across the street through here is, is, is a light. Somebody's got a light over there. I guess some kind of security light. And, brother, it just booms right in here. <laughs> well, you know what? I want my Holy Ghost light to boom right into people's lives, into their homes, and, I, and, and on the job or wherever. I want them, I want them to see this light. I want them to glorify my Father, which is in heaven. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, give God a big hand. Come on now. Amen. You know, when my wife and I came in the church, we were just kids and we were, it was all brand new to us. We, we had no former knowledge, not the least little bit. I had never read the Bible. And, uh, but we, we started reading the Bible. And uh, it was funny because, to me it was funny, looking back especially, how that um, the man that was wit I was working for and he witnessed to me, he was in the church. And um, he had been a habitual gambler, and God delivered him from gambling. And uh, he didn't want to do that anymore. That's, that's a good word in the Bible, deliver, save. And, uh, yeah, he delivered him from it. He saved him from it. That's what God does for us, church. I mean, things that are destructive and are destroying. And this man, he witnessed to me, and I started reading the Bible, and I would go home the end of the day, instead of going to the pool hall or going some other hangout place, I was going home to the wife. And we were just getting right into the book where before we probably would have watched television and all that junk, gone to the movies, all that junk. Oh, yeah, listening to the wrong kind of music, things that were inspiring rebellion being against what's established and authoritative and good and right, going against it. A lot of hate being generated. But we, we the, the, the thing broke. We put it in the shop. Well, right after that, I mean, a matter of days after that, got 
to talking to this guy who I was working for and started reading the Bible, coming home and reading the Bible. Imagine that, two hippie kids sitting around reading the Bible. My God. And uh, I don't know what happened to that television because we never went back and got it. We just left it in the shop. Have no idea what happened to it and don't care. And uh, we stopped going to the movies. We stopped getting involved with all that junk. We started going to church. We started living for God. And each day was directing us more and more in the right direction, getting us between the lines on the straight and the narrow. That leads to eternal life. And I want that, this 47 plus years down the road, I want that to be as strong and stronger in me. Do you hear me? I want, I want there to be a growth process going on. A commitment process going on. And I need that and you need that. And I want to dispense with natural thinking. I want to uh, get a, a continual viewing of the banner in my life. It's a Holy Ghost banner. I'm not going some places because I have the Holy Ghost banner. I'm not talking some ways because I've got the Holy Ghost banner. I'm not viewing some things because I've got the Holy Ghost banner over my life. His banner over me was love. His banner over me was His power and His authority. His banner over me is all of the righteousness and the good things of God. What a great banner we've been given. The banner signified. That's what it was for. It signified. Let's send out a good, strong signal. What's that? A good, strong signal. I'm in the church. I'm in the body of Christ. No sense in you asking me to go out and go drinking. No sense in you asking for me to go to the club. No sense in you be coming around flirtatious with me. You know? There's no point in that. My life's changed. Life's changed for the good. Give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. And for many of us, we've been down that old road. We've been down that natural road. And so we have a tremendous basis of comparison. We know where we came from. We know the sin that God delivered us from. But remember, you that have been blessed to have children, in the church. You better make sure you don't talk about your previous life. You hear me? You don't talk about that junk. You don't, you don't refer to what you used to be and what you used to do. Because you're going to put something in them. You're going to create a battle for them. And you don't want to do that. Because when they're little, you can just pop them. And they're going to do pretty much what you say. And uh, you can shake your finger and be authoritative or, you know, well, just wait. Because <laughs> every day that mind is getting more independent-minded. Yeah. And pretty soon they're in the teens. And then you're going to find yourself in the rapids. That's where you're going to find yourself. The wild, rushing river, the rapids. And uh, you're going to think you can control, and you're going to find out you can't control. And you're going to you're gonna find out that the paddle and the oar are not doing enough good. 
and uh, it's not able to exercise enough control. And every day, getting older, every day, getting more independent, every day, the rapids are getting more wild and woolly. You know? You know? I have experience not being talked back to until year 38 came around. It's quite an experience. Quite an experience. But I am saying to you that most of the time it's going to come a lot sooner than 38. Most of the time it's going to happen in those teenage years. And just as a, the odometer goes over 18. Because this world, this world has convinced them that when you're 18 you can do what you want. You don't have to listen to mom and dad anymore if you're fortunate to have both mom and dad. You don't have to listen. And then they'll come back and say, you can't touch me. I don't have to listen to you anymore. That's the kind of world we're living in. This is what they get programmed with. They're not listening to honor thy father and thy mother which is the first commandment, the promise. They're not listening to that at all. They're not paying that any mind. And if we're not careful, if we're not keeping this banner unfurled and, shall we say, flapping in the Holy Ghost breeze, you know, if we're not careful, and we can set a mighty bad example for our children that are coming up in the church. We've got to pay some attention here. It might be somebody, <laughs> I've been told a bunch of times, avoid stress. And then that's when I look at scenes to fell and I go, stress? What's that? <laughs> and we get a big kick out of that. And... Uh, but I had somebody tell me, it's in the medical field, they said, well, stress can be a healthy thing. I said, really? Good, because I got a lot of it. <laughs> and they said, yeah. I said, stress will get you out of the bed in the morning. Got to get up and get with it. So there are some, you know, positives to it, and I'm, I'm thankful for that, thankful for that. But I am saying to you, church family, that we've got to, We've got to pay attention to the example that we're giving. Not only letting the light shine to a lost and dying world, but letting the light shine to those that are closest to us. We've got we've to let that light shine. We've got to show them, give them an example of what is right and what is wrong. They need to hear a good, strong voice. They need that. And it's important, very important, that you realize. I told one father one time, I said, if you... If you cock this eyebrow up, you know, because he had, he did that. I don't know. Some people can do that. That eyebrow would go up. You know. And I said, if you do that, I said, your child's going to do that, more than likely. Nothing wrong with it. I was just giving an example. And uh, you'd be surprised. I remember one time uh, we had a rug on top of the rug in the house, and it always would, you know, you know, they do crazy things. They curl up. They do all kinds of weird things. Rugs. And so this one would always creep and get ripply, so we'd have to 
my wife and I have to do that to get it straightened out. Pretty soon the kid's coming up. <laughs> see, he doesn't do it so many times. Start doing the same thing. Well, you know what? I want them I want to see me putting my hands up. I, I want your child to see you faithfully coming to church, living for God on a daily basis, and getting that in them deep, 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 and where it becomes a pattern uh, that's not easily cast off, that's not easily forgotten, okay? Because the enemy, the enemy wants to take your child and anything else, anyone else he can get, and he, he wants them to go in a completely different direction. He wants them to go against God. You hear me? He wants them to go against God. Don't do it God's way. Don't do it according to chapter and verse. That's what the enemy wants. He absolutely is desirous of anti. And that's what he's bringing into this world and has been all these years since Jesus said, I beheld him fall like lightning. And he hit the ground here and he set in to destroy what good God was, and that's what God said when he created everything. He looked at it and he said, it's good. It's very good. And, uh, but the enemy said, I'm going to mess it up. And that's how you want to remember your little child is good. As good as it can be without being born again of water and spirit. But that's where we want to bring that child to. Want to bring it to that experience. Want to lead it to that experience. Want to come into the church. Want to, want to learn the things of God. And we want our friends, you know, people that we know. We're not hanging out with people that aren't in the church. We're not going places they go. But you cross paths. You make some kind of little friendship on the job. We want them to be saved. We want them. I was uh, down at the gas station down here, and they got a guy, they call him Robo. <laughs> I know he knows Brother Thomas. And, uh, and so uh, he's always asking me about the radio station and what's on the radio and what we're preaching and so on and so forth. And, and uh he said something to me the other day, and he, he said the wrong thing. <laughs> and I, I, brother, I just, boom, lowered the boom on him. Chapter and verse, just went after it. And he just went, oh, okay. <laughs> and so uh, I intended to make a deep impression. And, uh, but you know, church family, this is too real to play games with. You know, we're not playing games here. By God's help and grace, we're not. And we don't want to let down, and we don't want to let the enemy cause there to be a letdown in our lives. And he's going to try every which way he can. He's going to try. And you tell yourself, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to let this banner be right out there, hopefully in the Holy Ghost breeze, where everybody can could see it. Everybody's going to know. There was a man, he owns a business here in town, and he made a statement. He goes, what's, what's going on? Everywhere I look, he said, I'm seeing apostolic. He said, I've got a big billboard down there. He said, you got it on the back of your, your cars, and, and you got shirts. <laughs> and I said, that's right. 
And we want you to see it, friend. We want you to learn what it means. We want you to learn the plan of salvation. We want you to be saved. We want your family to be saved. And, this, and the little religious denominational games that you play is not going to do it. And somebody's got to tell you that. Somebody, somebody's got to tell you the truth of the Scriptures. Somebody's got to help you to know how to be born again so that you can escape. Isn't that what Jesus said? He used the word escape. And he asked them when they, when they were not being obedient to the word, when they weren't believing the word. He said, how shall you escape the damnation of hell? How are you going to do it? There just is no other way according to God. I'm just trying to believe his way. I'm just trying to believe his words. It, it doesn't make me particularly anything. It makes him everything. He's everything. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Yes, sir. Jesus is my everything. He's my everything. Let's stand together. All right. Everybody said praise the Lord. So he gave me a banner. He wants me to display it. He gave you a banner. He wants you to display it. And he wants it because of the truth. So we've got a Holy Ghost banner. Love and truth. Love and truth. It's a great combination, love and truth. Everybody said amen. amen. All right. I think sometimes it boils down to realizing what you have. Somebody said one time that people don't appreciate what they have until they lose it. I don't want that. I want to appreciate what I got because I got it. I want to, I want to remember where I got it. I don't want to walk away from the blessings of God, you know. And people do that, and then they just run their mouths, run their mouths, run their mouths as they sink deeper and deeper and deeper. You know. And you know what? The church, the church isn't hateful. The church isn't ugly. The church has a burden for a lost and a dying world. We've got to keep going forward. We've got to keep moving in the right direction. We are on the straight and the narrow. We're on a highway of holiness. Everybody said amen. All right, and it's got everlasting joy and, and song, and we're going to do that. We're going to be a part of that. This isn't for a little while, you know. This isn't just for fly-by-night uh, type thing. This, this is for real, and this is for eternity. World without end. World without end. Everybody said amen. Give God another big hand. Come on. All right. Thank God and thank God and thank God. We love you. We appreciate you. We're glad you're here. Many good things taking place. Um, we have Sister Ann's uh, paintings all mounted at the new building, and they're absolutely gorgeous. And it, it just uh, made scenes just fell cry. <laughs> but it's really beautiful. And we've got... Um, We've got baseboard on, and we've got a door or two hung, and so we're casings are going up.
lots of things had taken place. 